Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for May 15, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the story about the knockoff Disney theme park on mainland China. We also have lots of updates to discuss this week, as well as an expanded listener email segment. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Before we get started this week, I have a few items I want to mention. First, I want to let everyone know that we will be launching our Universal Orlando podcast this week. This will be a monthly show where where we'll discuss all aspects of Universal, and you can find links to that show on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, as well as on our Universal Orlando site, wdwinfo.com forward slash universal. And this month, we're going to talk about family vacations at Universal, as well as a dining review by Kevin Close on Lombard's Landing, and our monthly update on news and rumors from the park. So be sure to check that out. Now, also, as we've been mentioning the last few weeks, on June 1st, we will be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Diz. And we'd like to ask those of you listening to send in your comments about how the Diz has impacted you over the course of the last 10 years whether it's through trip planning advice or being part of our community on the boards, friends you've made, things like that. We want to know about it. We'll be including those comments as well as others in our 10-year anniversary show, which will air Friday, June 1st. Uh, So please send us your comments to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can fill out the form on our podcast main page. And finally, I want to remind everyone that next week we will be doing our first monthly prize giveaway on the Diz Unplugged. We're going to select a winner at random once a month from all the emails that we read on the show, and that person will have a chance to win one of 30 prizes, ranging from a $25 Disney gift card to a three-day, two-night stay at an Orlando resort to any other number of great prizes. So be sure to send your feedback in to us, folks. If we read it on the air, you're automatically entered. And, of course, at the end of the year, the last show we do before Christmas, all the winners from the previous months get a chance to uh, get put into a drawing for a random shot at uh, Seven Night Cruise. They have to take one of us, right? Yes, you do have to take one member of the round table with you. <laughs> I think they'll pick me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And the heavier members of the round table, you have to carry us around the ship because we don't feel like walking. <laughs> We're going on a ship. <laughs> so, all right, with that, folks, let's go ahead and get started with the news. Number three this week, profits are up at Disney. The Disney company reported an impressive... 27% increase in profits in the first quarter of 2007 over the same period last year. As usual, the theme parks division, which includes Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Vacation Club, and the Disney Cruise Line, saw an increase of 9% in sales, boosted by increased attendance at the parks, a higher cost per ticket, thanks to those ticket increases last year, and also an increase in the daily room rates. And anybody who's been booking hotel rooms at Disney certainly knows what that's about. Also, occupancy at Disney resorts, an impressive 88%. That is. That and is uh, that's really good. That's a really good occupancy rate. And, and all, as also, the uh, length of stay for Disney vi- visitors continues to increase. Disney is not saying exactly what their average length of stay is. That's one of those things, along with theme park attendance numbers, they keep kind of close to their vest. But um, that's a very different story than, you know, what was going on last year. Last year, attendance numbers were down all across Orlando. And I think Disney uh, I think Disney's seeing the, the benefits of the incredible marketing that was done 
um, especially in January. January and February, you couldn't you couldn't spit without hitting one of those affordable <laughs> Disney yeah, commercials. Yeah. Yeah. There's know? an interesting article in uh, yesterday's Orlando Sentinel that the Orlando area is going to start uh, increasing the amount of advertising revenue to specific areas of the world. It's about time. The um, the UK and the American Southwest. They found that. Uh, Visitors from those areas have dropped in the last couple of years, and they're going to increase the amount of re- uh, advertising revenue for those specific areas in, in order to lure those people back. Well, what's really interesting is that uh, right after the 9-11 attacks, uh, visitors, uh, the visitors coming from Europe uh, into Orlando dropped dramatically and have never returned to their pre-9-11 numbers. But what's happening now is because the cost, uh, the, the value of the dollar against the British pound is so weak. It is such a good deal yeah. for people from the U.K. in particular to come over here that we're seeing a surge in U.K. visitors coming to Orlando, which I think is great. I think is really good. It's really good for, for our economy over here because to our U.K. listeners, you guys, we love you because you stay for like three, weeks. three months you know, you like move here. Yeah, they average like three weeks. Yeah, you know. and and it's 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 awesome. So, I think that uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that continues that continues to grow and improve. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 real excited. I think we're getting back to that super boom period we were in right before nine eleven. Orlando was just in this wild, wild super boom. And you just you, hotels being built, more hotel rooms coming online. That all stopped. That all came to a, a, a dead stop after 9-11. But I think if, if these numbers continue, if we start having a, a good year this year, you'll start seeing more rooms come online. You'll start seeing a lot more. And when more rooms come online, the prices, pricing gets more aggressive. The visitors are the ones who win. So um, that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. They are building a gigantic new resort at the corner of uh, – Osceola Parkway, it's not actually the corner. Right before you get off Osceola Parkway onto 535, there used to be a giant field over there. Right. That whole thing is going to be a big resort. It touches 192 on one side, comes all the way up Osceola Parkway on the other side. And Apopka Vineland Road on the third side. It's unbelievably wow. huge. Yeah. It's crazy. Not so, only that, but drive over by the um, Orlando Premium Outlets, the, uh, what we used to refer to as International Drive Extension. And see the the timeshare and interval ownership resorts being built. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it, that. It's it's a boom. Well, timeshare is going nuts. Anyway. So I have to get back to the premium outlets. That's my favorite place in Orlando to shop. <laughs> Peter, so you and I some, have been shopping there together. <laughs> they have they have some great stores. <laughs> they have some really really great stores over there. I love premium outlets. You can but, get Versace at markdown prices. I know. I did. I do. <laughs> I can't fit into any of it anymore. I have some fantastic Versace hanging in my big closet. Big and tall department. Oh. Versace big and tall. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, number two story this week. Uh, this is probably one of the funnier stories that I have come across, but a theme park in Beijing, China, seems to bear a striking, if unauthorized, resemblance to Disneyland. The story, featured on the website japanprobe.com, says that the 20-year-old Xingxiang, I know I'm mispronouncing that, amusement park in Beijing, uses a slogan, because Disneyland is too far, and features a replica of Cinderella Castle, complete with a knockoff of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, as well as a host of other Disney characters. Mm -hmm. For instance, there's Goofy, Donald Duck, Tigger, and Minnie Mouse. However, these are really cheesy knockoffs. You'll have to see some of the pictures that are posted and some of the uh, YouTube video 
that's available. We'll include links to that in our show notes because I was just laughing. Oh, no. Do you know? I think they said the Minnie Mouse character. They said that she's not a mouse; that she's a cat with round ears. Right. I was. Yeah. I was. <laughs> that's exactly what. Uh, it's. It's. This is kind of like the the, the theme park version of a twenty dollar Nolex that you buy on the street. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, the state-owned park denies that it has copied anything from Disney, as Julie just mentioned, saying instead that it isn't Minnie or Mickey Mouse that visitors see in the parks, but that they are large cats with large ears. <laughs> the United States recently filed a complaint with the World Trade Organization over China's repeated violation of U.S. copyrights. For its part, China says that it's, a growing, that, that its growing economy is more important than recognizing foreign copyright issues. That's why they didn't let anybody in on the borders for so long because that park's been around for 20 years. Do you years. think Disney's counting this towards their numbers? That's why they have 88% occupancy. <laughs> all the people going 27% China, Disneyland. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing, you know, Disney's hands are really tied. You know, you know, the copyright laws are U.S. copyright laws. When things are done in other countries, it gets a lot more dicey. And then, of course, I don't know if you saw on the news this week, um, a lot less funny is yeah. the use of the use of the likeness of Mickey Mouse by Hamas? Oh yeah, in yeah. In, in Palestine uh, to basically promote uh, violence against uh, violence against Israel, yes. and it's a it's a kids show using this likeness of Mickey Mouse and saying like, Again, we will a kill very the, bad likeness a very bad likeness of Mickey Mouse, but we will kill the Jews and you know and, and encouraging kids to learn how to use AK forty sevens and you know. Uh, uh, and it's it's very um, it's not the type of thing where you can say this this might be a, a similarity. Have you seen the video of it where they're actually on a background that looks like they're in front of uh, Small World? Small World, yeah. I watched the entire video. It's really it was, it bizarre, very disturbing. isn't it? Yeah, it is very disturbing. Disney is very very um, cautious with their trademark. I'm sure that Disney Legal will take care of both of these things. Well, the problem is this: is they can. These are not. These are people. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to drag yeah. Hamas into court? These these are individuals and countries that don't participate in the World Trade Organization. Mm -hmm. They don't obey these international rules. I well, mean, China in particular is just so flagrant about it. I yeah. mean, they just they allow rampant copyright violations to go on. And now, you know, we've got the Olympics in Beijing next year, and they're trying to present this this sophisticated world image. They're never going to be truly embraced by the World Trade Organization and by member nations if they keep allowing intellectual property like this to be to be so easily copied and sold on on the streets and it's not just disney did you see the other pictures they had shrek. shrek yep they had shrek they had other characters they had hello kitty characters yep. and yeah we're going to include uh, i'm going to include, include a link to the japanprobe.com uh website where this is all discussed and pay attention in particular to the youtube with the english subtitles there's a few youtube links they have on there that are all in japanese and uh, but there is one that has english subtitles and you know it's it's really it's it especially the, the seven dwarves you see They're how pathetic creepy. they look oh my gosh it's really scary <laughs> i would like take the my seven, kids there the seven child molesters is what they look like <laughs> and then scary. and then you know they pull the, you know and and the characters will pull their heads off to talk to the uh oh, no. like lift their lift their heads up to talk to the uh, the interviewer it's like oh my and they have a donald duck that's like 7 feet tall yeah do you see how long his legs were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And what you know, they even said one of the uh, one of the characters, quote unquote, that they interviewed said that, oh yeah, the the park sends representatives over to Hong Kong Disneyland to make notes of what they're doing, and then they come back and try and recreate it. Oh wow! And it's in this, uh, it's just so cheesy. It's so <laughs> cheesy. 
<laughs> because Disneyland is too far. And Mickey and Minnie look like they took the costumes from the 1955 opening of Disneyland. They've got just that and really then super They probably bought them on eBay. Probably did, yeah. So, all right, our number one news story this week, potentially very good news for, for, for us. Uh, according to the Associated Press, Walt Disney World has reached a tentative agreement with its largest employee union. However, there is one union that has said that it will recommend that its members oppose the deal. The Teamsters Union, which represent bus operators, parking attendants, laundry workers, and other cast members, says that the pay raises being offered are too low at the top scale and that health care costs are too high. The proposed contract offers a pay raise of at least 4% for the majority of workers covered under the agreement. Supporters of the deal say that it will improve pension benefits and could help solve some of the scheduling problems that have been an issue for many cast members. The contract between Disney and the unions expired on April 28th, but was extended through negotiations so that these talks could continue. Now, no date has been set for a final vote on the new contract, and what's required is a simple majority of the cast members covered in order to approve it. Now, the Teamsters, you know, I, I've said before, um, you know, I'm, I'm very pro-union, but and my family was big Teamsters. But i got to tell you, the Teamsters look for any opportunity to grandstand. They strike when there's no reason to strike just to get the press. And I think if if a fair offer has been put on the table by Disney, if I don't know if I consider a 4% pay raise for these guys a fair offer, but that's not for me to decide. That's for the cast members to decide whether or not this offer is good. But it seems like you know the bulk of the unions are are in favor of this. And it just didn't surprise me when I saw that one union was holding out. It was going to be the Teamsters. They're grandstanding. I think they're trying to – some of the uh – Older employees in the union, well, not the older ones, but the ones who have been there longer, more seniority. That that's a smaller percent. So I see, that, you know, that union probably going to confirm that too, because it's it's not dealing with everybody the issues that are they're talking about. Well, we'll see what happens, but I'm yeah. hoping that. Uh, Glad to see it's not going to. Uh, yeah, it, it, it looks at this point like they're going to be able to avert a strike, which would have been. I mean, if the cast members went on strike, I would, I'd be right behind them, supporting them. But if I would really rather see them get a contract they're happy with so that that doesn't happen, that doesn't inconvenience any of the guests, and certainly doesn't put the cast members on, uh, on strike pay, which is virtually no, nil. No one ever wins on a strike. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember growing up, my dad, like I said, my dad was in the union, and when they would go on strike, those were the worst, yeah. some of the worst weeks. You could see the... The, the, the pressure on my father's face about, you know, how am I going to feed my family? Because you're not getting paid. Right. You're not getting paid when you're on strike. So, all right, that's going to do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to go ahead and move on and do our roundtable rapid fire segment. And who would like to begin? Corey? The, um, the Disney Cruise Line is introducing wireless internet shipwide on the Disney Magic as well as stateroom access for cell phones. Um, the Disney Wonder will have this um, later on this summer. So, but you do have to check with your cell phone provider for rates um, that require like the international service. But I can't wait though with for the wireless internet. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's the wireless internet. I'm 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 all for the cell phone thing, and it's great. But one of the things I love most about going on the cruise is that that. I have seven days where no one can reach me, (laughs) where that phone can't ring. Now I just looked into this, yeah, and I I don't think it's as widespread as you think it's going to be. First of all, the rest of the world works on a different kind of cell phone than we do. They work on GSM. 
which the United States doesn't use. And if something happens that you do not have a world phone, you're not going to be able to use it. And to switch to the world phone, I was told by uh, a different cruise line that the rate was going to be two ninety nine to nine ninety nine a minute to use your cell phone. That's oh. cheap. Well, two nine. Well, well not nine ninety nine. No, well, oh. ship to shore calls are only six ninety nine. So I mean, oh, a minute, a minute. Oh, yeah. I mean, minute. we're yeah, we're gonna we're getting ready to go on the Freedom of the Seas. We're excited about our upcoming cruise, and we looked into that. And one of the things is it's limited. Heretics going on World Caribbean. I know. Heretics. Very excited. Royal Caribbean has a casino. I know. Amen. And I'm a doing, flow rider. I'm doing the, yeah, I'm doing that. And, and we're going to gamble on whether Bob will do it or not. <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going down the. He may break his other ankle. Yeah, I don't see us using a cellular service, but the wireless internet. I mean, I can't tell you how, many, how much time no. I spend in the Cove Cafe just checking emails and doing stuff. See, but I that I enjoy that I don't mind because you know you hang out in the Cove Cafe. What a great place to like! I'd rather be at the pool doing at least get some sun, you know. But the wireless internet around the ship, I think, is a great addition. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be really, really cool. That has always been one of my big complaints: is why do I have to go up to the Cove Cafe to check? I mean, what you know? I don't think you get too much sympathy from people. Or the Promenade Lounge. I I don't think you're going to get too much sympathy from people saying, "Oh, I have to go to the Cove Cafe to check my emails," but. (laughs) Um, Boo-hoo. Yeah. Not to uh, belabor the point, but on the Royal Caribbean ships, it is pretty much ship-wide. Um, and I believe the newer ships are going to have it in the stateroom, which I think is what Disney's shooting for. They're actually shooting for every place on the ship will have wireless access. Now, as far as the phones go, we've used Skype, uh, which is a voice over IP that you can use with the wireless internet on the ship. And it actually works very well. So if you want to have that sort of, I need to make a phone call home and make sure the kids are okay, it works for that. Yeah. The pro- the difference is Skype cost pennies. Oh, yeah. It's very, very inexpensive. I mean, you have to put a certain amount down to start it out. And it, they work in euros because it's a European country. And you have to put 11 euros down. I don't know where they came up with that number, but it works out to be like $15. $15. And we've had the same 11 euros. We've been working on the same 11 euros now for a year and a half. Wow. I mean, you know, you go away on a cruise and make a couple phone calls every day to home to check on people, and you've used 40 cents. Mm. However, the the cellular on the ship will be nice if you have like a handheld device. You know, if you have a BlackBerry or something like that. Right. Yeah. So. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That, I didn't even think of that. Bring your T-Mobile. Or my, your... my my well, I have my I have the singular eighty one twenty five that I use, which I live off ship? of. Actually, I believe T-Mobile is going to work on the ship. Yeah. Woohoo! You said your carrier. You had said your carrier won't work on. Yeah, it. of all those ones listed, the only one that does is not on there is Nextel. Yeah, which is the one we Sprint. have. Sprint. Sprint. That's what I have. Sprint. <laughs> Sprint doesn't work on the ship. Uh, there was a whole list of ones that were listed, and I didn't see. Maybe well, I because Sprint and Nextel they're together now, right? Yeah. yeah. Singular. However, Nextel, if you have Nextel... Well, Singular is going away. It's, it's going to be going, AT&T. It's going, it's going back to AT&T. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that. That's to confuse the public. It's just, yeah, exactly. If they keep changing the name, they protect I gotta tell the you, uninnocent. I know some people don't like it. I love Singular. They, I've never had a problem. Never had a problem with drop calls. Never had a problem getting, getting a signal. Well, I get signals where most people don't. Also. I, used to, I was an AT&T customer for a long time, and I, could make, I made phone calls from Jamaica. I made phone calls from Grand Cayman and Cozumel. Mm-hmm. However, I couldn't make phone calls from my living room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you live out in the boonies. Well, Nextel works. I can't make a Nextel call from your living room. So, I mean, that's it all crazy. depends. I know. It's crazy. 
All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Martin. Uh, Kevin. Uh, the quick service restaurants are going to change the way kids' menus work. As of May 1st, the kids' picks at quick service restaurant locations in the theme parks and the resorts now include a dessert as one of the two side options for lunch and dinner. All guests ages 3 to 9, including, including, excuse me, including those who are on the Disney dining plan, will have the same kids' picks meal options. An entree with a choice of two sides, vegetables, fruit, or dessert, and a choice of 1% Mickey Milk. I don't know what that is. Uh, That's disgusting. Is that Hamas Milky Milk? One percent <laughs> uh, milk. It. I don't. Mickey Milk just sounds gross. It does. It's disgusting. A small bottle. <laughs> Mouse milk. It's not Minnie's milk. I hope the union doesn't have to do that. <laughs> is that in the contract? <laughs> if they have to do that. They deserve more than four percent. Who's turned to milk, Mickey? Stop. <laughs> 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 the visual, my yeah. eyes, my oh eyes. Hope my oh, eyes out. Your hands are cold. It <laughs> <laughs> <Which> was gentle. <laughs> Peter, oh, Put the no. cup down, Peter. <laughs> Not when I'm drinking coffee. Don't do that to with me. milk in it. <laughs> what would milk? <laughs> with mouse milk. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, right. Kevin. We just hijacked your That's rapid okay. fire. Go ahead. Now, gu- <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> now guests who have the Disney dining plan will receive the same kids' picks meals options as guests without the plans. A dessert may be se- selected. <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry. That's all right. A dessert may be selected as one of the two sides, but will no longer be offered in addition to the two sides. So you're going to have to get your dessert as part of your meal plan. It's no longer going to be two sides and dessert. No supersizing. Right. No soup for you. <laughs> Nozo for you. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. John. Mine is very quick. Well, I thought Kevin's was going to be quick, too, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Starting June 5th, 2007, the price per Disney Vacation Club point will increase from $101 to $104, which is kind of crazy. Especially when you consider, what did it start out at? Like $56 a point? It was like 56 a point. In those first few years, they gave you annual passes um, for up until the year 2000, I believe. I think it was people something gonna, like that, yeah. I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong, but it was... So you got a six, 50-something dollars a point in an annual pass for like seven years, and now it's 104. And yeah, When does this happen? June what? Oh, I closed my paper. June 5th, 2007. So if you so want to... So you've got almost a little less than a month. Yeah. It's kind of like those forever stamps. Do it now. <laughs> forever well, points. But I got to tell you what. Even at $104 a point... Still worth it. Well, you know what's really nice is the that when they bring on the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you're going to have bigger rooms. Mm-hmm. You're going to have those rooms that sleep five people, so that's going to make it nicer for families. And the other thing too is uh, the way Vacation Club used to work; it used to expire. Your point, the whole Vacation Club thing expired in 2042. Now, with the two new resorts, you get it for 50 years. So. People are going to get whatever they buy into Animal Kingdom Lodge for 50 years. So That's interesting. They're not all going to evolve in 2042? Well, the old resorts will go 2042. The new resorts go 50 years. That's so they don't. But it's not like 50 years from the day you purchase it. It was like a 50-year benchmark. Yeah, I think it's like 2055 or 2056. Right. I'm not sure which one it was, but it's it's... I tell you, I just I, I I can never say enough good things about Disney Vacation Club. Yeah. I can never say enough about the resorts, about the service, about the value of it. The value of it, really, in particular, if you if you travel down 
If you come to Disney two or three times a year, like some of our, I know some of our listeners do, many of the visitors we have on the boards do, if, if that's how you vacation down here, you're really crazy for not considering it. And we are going to be doing in the next, I know I promised this last month, we're just waiting to get a particular guest uh, to join us at the roundtable, and that's why we haven't done our DVC discussion yet. But we're going to be doing a really, uh, a really in-depth discussion on DVC in one of the upcoming shows, I promise. But uh, because it really is worth worth considering. Um, not to you know, we don't we have no uh, financial uh, connection with uh, the Disney Vacation Club at all. This is not you know, we're not shilling. Uh, this is genuine. I mean, I really have always felt the Disney Vacation Club is probably. If you vacation here frequently, it's probably one of the best things you can you can do. And it ends up being a lot cheaper. If you do it before June fifth, you can save three dollars a point. And yeah, that and that's going to add up. That's going to add up. So great. Well, thank you very much, John. Uh, For me, uh, something really cool they're doing out at Disneyland for those of you with kids that have uh, Nintendo DS, which is Nintendo's handheld uh, video game system. It uh, has a Wi-Fi built into it. And uh, the Nintendo DS version of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End video game will be enabled to download a code via Wi-Fi hotspots uh, in the area surrounding the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction in Disneyland. Uh, The code that guests will get at these select locations in New Orleans Square will unlock secret capabilities within the game. These capabilities will only be available to consumers who visit the park and download the code. This is brilliant. That is a brilliant idea. Brilliant. And just, I mean, honestly, the one I use, I use my PlayStation Portable, my PSP. I'm a big video game fan, have been for many, many, many years. I've got just about every video game system ever made since 1980. And uh, I collect them. And, uh, I mean, I like the DS, but my PlayStation Portable really is is my favorite but this stuff like this this is this is brilliant disney ought to really consider doing more stuff like this because i see kids around the parks with their with with nintendo with playstation portable stuff like that playstation portable is also wi-fi but not selling as well keeps them busy in the queue you know something to do but you know (laughs) haven't haven't they gone big on the virtual magic kingdom too isn't that yeah, but that's, that's a that's a computer. That's, that's a PC. That's a PC thing. Yeah. That's not a. That's not my a. My mother would have smacked me senseless if I was in the Magic Kingdom and had a video game in my hand. Yeah, you're paying hundreds of dollars. They're going to play a video game. I would have gotten the speech about. Do you know what this vacation costs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can play that in the car. Like, kids are different today. They need to be stimulated constantly. Yeah, you, even at dinner, I see yeah. kids. kids. That will not happen when we have children. There'll be no game playing at the dinner table. Ooh, she got the mother head and <laughs> eyes does. going. She does. Yeah, you should have seen that, folks. Wow. I'm sorry. It irritates me. Oh, to no end. Oh God. No. Wow. Sorry. Bring those eyebrows down. <laughs> <laughs> Color colors only, huh? So those of you with kids that have Nintendo DS and are heading out to Disneyland, which another place, another destination, I highly recommend. Some pretty cool stuff uh, for that. So going back a second, those are the same people who walk around the park with their iPod headphones in. Yes. <laughs> what are you listening to that's that important? <laughs> the pod, a, the podcast. I hope it's us, but I doubt it. Listening to us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not guessing that's the truth, but I'm wondering. <laughs> we'll kid at, ourselves. Yeah. You're at Disney World or Disneyland. Put the headphones down. <laughs> Bob, what do you got? I have the uh, just a reminder: the Star Wars uh, weekends are coming up uh, June first uh, through the twenty fourth, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and for the kids, it, it's a great take in. 
they do a lot of different things. Jedi Training Academy. Uh, they have a Star Wars Celebrity Parade that goes down, and uh, they they do this uh, hyperspace hoopla. It's a freewheeling finale at the Star Wars tour at the end of the day where they all dance and, and do stuff uh, with all the characters and everything. But, you know, if you're thinking of coming down, Star Wars weekend is a good thing to do. Are they serving Darth Vader milk? <laughs> no. Uh, Princess Leia's. Oh, Princess, uh, Princess Leia milk. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. And Chewbacca's doing... Chewbacca milk. Uh, oh, I think he's doing something with Princess Leia. I don't know. What? Anyway. I got to jump in here for a second. Don't. I am not a uh, Star Wars. Wars fan. I'm just not. I'm old. What can I say? Um, but I was at Downtown Disney the other day, and I just happened to have a four-year-old with me. And we walked into Once Upon a Toy. Nobody he knows. Just some random four-year-old. <laughs> Come with me. We're going to once upon a toy. <laughs> and they have a thing where you can build your own lightsaber from scratch. And there's all these instructions. It's 1995. And you can build, I can't remember their names, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, you are old. Or the guy with the red horns. Okay. No one's going to make fun of him. Shopping mall. I, shopping, <laughs> shopping. I can't because I'm shopping. not a big Star Wars fan either. But you can build your own lightsaber. Light, not lifesaver, lightsaber. <laughs> and they're, all the little pieces are there. It looks kind of like the uh, Mr. Potato Head bin, but it's all the pieces and there's schematics of how you should build it. Yeah, and you, there are options you can put on it. And I got to tell you, there was kids from four to much older. I'm ready to go get one. It, it's 20 bucks. So I think to myself, if your kid's a Star Wars fan... This Does it, is, like, light up and stuff? Yeah. 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 Oh, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. I think they, don't they have one that actually makes the noise? Okay, I didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> oh, I have uh, No, those don't. There is one out there that it does do build that. One. Well, you can buy one of them at Sharper Image, but they're, like, $9,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the whole suit. <laughs> really. Those people scare me. Um, but it was really interesting to watch. So if your kids are Star Wars fans, this might be something you want to do. It's, I mean, 20 bucks at Disney is kind of cheap, so... Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Mr. Barley. Thank you. Mrs. Martin. Mine covers the 4th of July, Independence Day celebration. It's the first ever event planned in the Magic Kingdom. It will have 1,000 immigrants who will take part in an Independence Day naturalization ceremony at the hub in front of Cinderella's Castle. Following the event, the new citizens will march down Main Street in a flag-waving tribute. Oh, I think that's cool. I think it's really cool. cool. Is, it, is it like the swearing-in ceremony? Yeah. Yes, the naturalization ceremony. And then afterwards, awesome. they're going to get um, a certificate that commemorates the whole ceremony. And then after the celebration, the guests will be invited to take part in some sort of festivities hosted at Epcot's America Pavilion. Oh, that's so really cool. probably like a concert, I'm assuming. You know, and this but, is on 4th of July? Um, it's over the 4th of July. It's uh, the 1st through the 4th. That's pretty cool. And it says this 4th of July, so I'm assuming on that day. Wow. But we have all the information on the website. Yeah, and cool. we'll have links to that, too, yeah. on the uh, on the show notes page. But that, I think that's really, really cool. I think really that's cool. the coolest thing. I love it when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Those little, you know, unique cool. things. Exactly. I like it when they don't homogenize Disney. I agree. I agree. One year I actually went to, the, I went to the Patriots Day celebration. 
where they actually had a parade at Epcot. It was pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, every day they have a Family Fun Day parade, which mm-hmm. is totally patriotic. I mean, I don't know if everybody knows that. They actually that. have a couple of them, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. more than one. Well, right. um, you know, Corey's sister, she participates in that. But I thought it was just really cool, you know, to see that, the, the red, white, and blue, and everyone's so My grandma excited. marched down Main Street. She was she was having a great time. She always dresses in red, red white, and blue when she goes to Disney. So she was just waving the flag. She She'd probably having, love this. She was having a great time. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Roundtable Rapid Fire for this week. And uh, with that, we are going. We have a few other updates, don't we, that we want to talk about? We do. Um, first, uh, a bunch of us in this room got our new Castaway Club cards. Yes. Guess, guess who didn't? <laughs> guess who didn't? The, the guy... The guy who I, I think does more has done more in the last I don't know seven years to promote Disney Cruise Line to tell people how wonderful it is. I am one of their biggest fans, one of their most vocal fans. And do you think I got mine in the mail? You're getting a special. I was just going to say, no, I'm not the gold no, they hate card. Me. They hate me. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was you, Peter. Tom That's Mc- all right. I'll still I'll still go on the cruise. Tom McAlpin himself was going to come. He's going to come and deliver it to my it. To, yeah that yeah that. That and I'm 175 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> really cool uh, mailing that they sent out with the Castaway Club cards in it. Really important if you get them, folks, for those of you who get your new cards, you're going to have a completely different number. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you note that you have a different number now when you call Disney Cruise Line to give them your Castaway Club information. Open them carefully, too, for the simple reason that when you open it, it folds out and the inside is a poster. And, and when and I now, first got mine, I just went to rip it open like it was a regular envelope kind of thing. Just be careful the way you open it. You might want to keep it. And from now on, Castaway Club members also get a special key to the world card yeah. when, they're, when they're on the cruise, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff. As a matter of fact, you know what? I there's can, 10 things that are different. There's 10 things that are different, and I can actually go through them real quick. Um, new complimentary Castaway Club lanyard to hold your new Castaway Club-themed key to the world card. Uh, custom design collectible pin set, enhanced cool stateroom gift. That's I my favorite. That is, I know. Stateroom oh. gift. <laughs> <laughs> Julie is she, actually bouncing up and down in her chair. The free stuff. She was literally a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Cruise Line swag. <laughs> uh, there's going to be the, of course, the exclusive Castaway Club party. Uh, the early booking privileges. The new Castaway uh, Club merchandise will also be available. So some really good stuff they're doing, which is really nice to see them really start to recognize their repeat customers. The loyalty program. The loyalty it's about programs. time. For a while there, it was kind of lame. So it's good to see that. The other thing I have is um, one of our agents was on the phone the other day trying to make reservations for Donald's breakfast Asaurus later this year and couldn't make reservations. So they were kind of going back and forth with the cast member. Why can't we do it? What's going on? Um, and come to find out that Disney's Breakfast Thesaurus is going to be going away. It's Donald's Breakfast Thesaurus. It's going to be going away. Um, the Tusker House is going to be converted to a buffet-style restaurant and offer a new character breakfast in the mornings to be known as Donald's Safari Meal. And that's going to take the place of... Dino Land, Donald's, uh, Restaurantosaurus, Breakfastosaurus thing. Thank God. I couldn't say that. It's so hard to even type it out a thousand times. Um, Restaurantosaurus will be closed from August to just before Thanksgiving, and then that's when the new character meal will start. 
kind of exciting. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, based on the last time I had breakfast at Donald's Breakfast Asaurus, and from some of the reports I've heard, it's a good thing they're doing something different. <laughs> it wasn't the Animal very Kingdom good. also needs another more full-scale meal as opposed to just snacks. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming. Yak yeah. and Yeti. Well, that, that'll be good, too, but I, I, you know, I think even a th- Another restaurant would yeah. be okay. That doesn't sound very appealing. The yakking yeti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> that they serve Mickey milk. <laughs> oh. Yeti milk. No yak milk. Sorry. <laughs> Good lord. And then uh, I don't have it in front of me, but Pete, you had something about uh, there's going to be uh, something permanently done on uh, the Disney Cruise Line. Just put that paper away. Sorry. Um, yeah, the parrot key menu. At uh, on Castaway Key Day as a dining enhancement for the guests, the a la carte menu option is now permanently available for lunch on the day guests visit Castaway Key. Darn, that was like one of the great secrets on the ship. That if you didn't, you had had enough of Castaway Key, or you were hot, or you're tired, go back on the ship, and they had this amazing buffet in in Parrot Key. And you were like one of ten people in there. It was cool and quiet and calm. It was great. I'm disappointed that they're changing that. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And just one little thing that's not really Disneyland or Disney World related is Disney's going to open their own online store for uh, media. Have you already heard about this? No. It's going to be uh, kids-specific, and kids are going to be able to download... Uh, movies, music, similar to an iTunes quote-unquote system, but it's going to have all sorts of parental controls on there, and it's going to have kid-friendly stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. Disney's going head-to-head with Apple when it comes to downloading. Well, they're also in partnership with Apple because Steve Jobs is on the the board of directors, and and all Disney movies uh, are making it, are finding their way onto iTunes, so. I wonder if we're going to see any kind of clash of uh, what's going to be available. Why would you not have a movie on iTunes? It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, I mean, there's no product. You don't have to produce anything. You just have to let someone download it, and it's ten bucks. I misspoke. Most Disney movies are fourteen ninety nine. Other movies are ten or nine ninety nine. But Disney movies are usually fourteen ninety nine. But again, you don't have to produce a cover. You don't have to produce the actual disc. Exactly. It's just out there. So I can't imagine why anybody would not want to have their stuff up there. And I can I'll tell you, I, I'm buying. I've been buying an awful lot of movies on iTunes. I, I watch them. You know, I'm one of those people who will watch a movie on his computer monitor. Then again, I'm one of those people that has like a 23-inch computer monitor. I was just so. going to say, yeah, but you have a regular TV monitor. Yeah. <laughs> I think Disney is leading the pack and far as uh, iTunes and stuff I like that. I think Disney is still the only one. And uh, they're, they're showing a profit. I thought I read uh, something today that uh, they make several million, $7 million or something. No, like I that. mean, it's it, Disney is showing that it can be profitable to yeah. do business with iTunes. And I don't know why. These other studios haven't picked up on it. I don't want to go into a whole anyway, rant on iTunes, but yeah. that's really cool, though, that Disney's doing something kid-specific and, and with parental controls. I think that's a great idea. It's going to be called Mix Central. Not very exciting. No, I think that's cool, though. It's very cool. So, All right, and with that, we are going to move on and uh, do some emails. Another week of <laughs> an incredible number of emails that are coming in. Uh, which is great. We absolutely, I know we sound like a broken record, but we really love we, we really love it. We talk about them all week as we're getting them in. Well, I have one, actually, that I had received last week, and uh, it was the first email I read in the morning when I woke up. And i got to tell you, I, I'm not pretty. 
when I wake up in the morning. Um, I, but I tend, later in the day you are. I, later in the day I'm lovely. But um, you peak later. when I first wake up in the morning, I'm usually <laughs> I'm usually very grumpy. That's funny, Bob. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? No. But you peak later. <laughs> <laughs> I do start out a little rough. I do start out a little rough. But this this actually just I I, I love I thought this was a, it was a wonderful email. This is from Pierre Cheney, and Pierre does not tell me where he's from. But he writes, hi, guys. I would like to start off by thanking you for the wonderful site. Because of you and the site, I was able to make a wish I had since I was seven years old come true. I wished for years that I could come to Disney World, and for 30 years that did not happen. I was stressed out from work, lived in New Jersey. Oh, that's where he's from. And it was finally okay to start being normal after September 11th. Sitting in a friend's living room in Jersey City, I told them of my plight and wanted a vacation. When asked where I would want to go, I blurted out, I blurted out that... I so wanted to go to Disney World. They also were interested, in, uh, and we began doing our homework, and my mission brought me to your site. I ordered the planning DVD, but your site told me so much more. I was a novice to Disney World and had no idea what to expect. From your site, I was able to have something special to look forward to and plan the trip to perfection. Your tips were my guide. I put us on the countdown board and checked it every day. When we arrived at the Magic Kingdom, my wish had finally come true. On that day, I cracked when my friend looked at me while we were watching the Main Street Parade, and I said I looked like a seven-year-old kid mesmerized by the lights. Their nieces and nephews turned around to see me and asked why I was crying. My friend said that I was not crying because I was upset, but they were tears of joy. That only made it worse. It was the happiest day of my life. Four years from that event, I now want to take my entire family along next year. I want to qualify for the Magic Gatherings package. The problem is I am not entirely sure what the package includes. The planning DVD gives some ideas, but nothing concrete. What advice do you have for a magical gathering group to do or ask for when booking the trip? I plan on going in June of 2008, and my sister-in-law, of whom I have never gotten anything cool for her birthday, because I often forgot and bought her something cheesy, will fall on the dates that we are traveling. I want to do something special, and I mean very special for her on her birthday there. Her family is, her family is from Florida, and they have passed Disney World several times when she was a kid, but have never actually gone. I want to do something for her at Disney World that would just make her crack. What suggestions do you have that would be great but not break the, break the piggy bank completely? Well, Pierre, first of all, again, thank you very much. I thought that was a really, a really cool email. Um, and uh, as far as, like, special things to do for birthdays, um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that just come right to mind. First of all, the birthday button that you can get at guest services at any of the theme parks. You know, it's my birthday, basically, is what it says on the button. It's a different one at each park, It's too. a different one at each park. And so ask for one at each park you go to. And the cast members that see it all, you know, you'll see them respond to that. Mm-hmm. You'll see them, you know, wish you a, wish you a, they'll wish her a happy birthday. And, you know, it's just kind of like a really, really cool experience. One of the things that was done for me on one of my birthdays a few years back, which was just really, really cool, was we did a, a birthday fireworks cruise. We did an Illuminations fireworks cruise for my birthday. And I, I, I don't know exactly what the price is. It's in the $200 price range, I believe. And they'll put a birthday cake and floats and, or, or balloons and streamers on the boat. It's really, really cool. And you get a little little ride around Crescent Lake up by MGM Studios, and then you come into Epcot in through World Showcase, and they park you underneath the uh, bridge that connects France and the United Kingdom, 
and you get a front row seat for Illuminations. Mm. And it's a really, really cool event for your birthday. I, I remember that specifically. That's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to mention that. Now, as far as Grand Gathering goes, what what, what can you guys uh, throw in about Grand Gatherings? First of all, all you need to get to qualify for a Grand Gathering is eight or more people. There's nothing special. It's not a special package you buy. You purchase the regular package, and just as long as you have eight or more people going together and who are linked together, you're then qualified for a Grand Gathering. We talked about this actually a couple shows ago, and I think it had to be cut out. Yeah, we might have to uh, might have to throw that up again. Because what they have is they have several um, events that you can then purchase as part of the Grand Gatherings, and they're only available to Grand Gathering guests. And um, like I said, we talked about a bunch of them. There's the... Uh, well, there is the fireworks cruise. The fire, the Pirates Fireworks Cruise Pirates is one of them. Pirates Fireworks Cruise is one of them. That's and then they cool. have the uh, dinner at Animal Kingdom. The safari, the early morning safari. At Animal Kingdom, yeah. Animal yeah. Kingdom. There are a bunch of them. The point I wanted to make, Pierre, was that it's not a special package. You don't have to pay extra for to be a Grand Gathering. You're going to pay extra for these individual events that you'd want to add on. Talk to the Grand Gathering agent, or if you book through a travel agent, ask them to explain them to you, how much they're going to be, what what's available to you, and how they fit into your plan. You know, you don't want to make yourself crazy. Now, as far as Grand Gathering goes, actually, we had uh, discussed this on the show a few weeks ago, um, but for time considerations because sometimes our discussions run really really long and i have to make some tough decisions about what stays and what goes um that that part of our discussion had gotten cut out and we actually received a couple of emails about it so what i'm going to do this week pierre uh you'll notice that you'll see two segments to the show you'll see uh, our regular show which we're recording now and then i'm going to include that segment from our uh that grand gathering segment that we discussed a few weeks ago as a separate show. So if you're listening on iTunes, uh, you'll see two downloads this week. If uh, you're listening through the site, by uh, through our Listen Now button on the podcast main page, you'll see uh, our, this show and also uh, the, the, the Grand Gathering segment, so you can learn more about that. Getting back to his question about birthday, any t- any restaurant that he eats in at Disney World, if he tells the people that it's somebody's birthday, they'll make a fuss there also. Some places will make a bigger fuss. I think of places like Whispering Canyon, mm-hmm. where they'll not only make a fuss, they'll kind of pretty much publicly humiliate the guests. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, um, you'll be surprised during the day. One day we went for my birthday, and um, I think it was at Casey's, they gave me a free brownie. So those are the type of little because stuff. you were wearing the birthday button, right? Right. So they'll right. just have those little things sort of pop up for you, and yeah, the birthday button is probably the least expensive, coolest way to see, you know, to to to, to, to celebrate your birthday at Disney World. It will also last all day, as being as opposed to being one single event. Right. This goes on all day, and other guests will say happy birthday to you. So my recommendation would be the the birthday button and the fireworks cruise. I think that would be a, the fireworks cruise is a great way to top off a birthday. I think, but again, that that gets into the pricier arena of you're in the two hundred two hundred and fifty dollar range. They can be pretty tough to get. Also, they're very tough to get. One other thing we should tell Pierre is that two thousand eight package prices are not out yet, so we can't really book that yet. Right. They won't be out until mid to late summer. But keep our, your eyes on the site, and we'll let you know when those are available. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your email, Pierre. 
And who else has one they want to read? Corey? I have one. Um, Cindy. I, not oh, wait. to interrupt you, but I have one pertaining to birthday, so I kind of wanted oh, okay. to do it right okay. away. Okay. Cool, go ahead. <laughs> She's so bossy. <laughs> She's at home. This is their first fight. I'm going to oh. beat you all up. <laughs> Leave her alone. Leave that poor woman alone. She, she, she doesn't, doesn't want to interrupt you, but she did. And yeah. she doesn't want, she didn't weigh as much as my sneakers. <laughs> and she raised her I eyebrow. I put a hurting again. on you. <laughs> Well, I also have an email regarding birthdays. It's from Michelle in Missouri, and she's planning to spend her 39th birthday at Walt Disney World this September. She'll be going with her daughter, and she wants to know if we have any fun ideas for an adult birthday, which we just gave you some, Michelle. But she wants to know if she's too old to attend the princess breakfast. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Stop. (laughs) No. Her daughter thinks it's a great idea, and she says, well, I guess maybe you're never too old to be a princess. That's because her daughter wants to go. She also asks about carriage rides at Port Orleans, because that's where the staying and i'm not sure if well we've been hearing some some mixed reviews on the princess breakfast right. at norway and i think our recommendation would probably lean more toward cinderella's royal table at the magic kingdom i yeah. think if you want to do a princess breakfast right but she's planning to spend that whole day at epcot her birthday day but to get more to the point are you too old you're never too old to do no, anything at disney no World. way I, it, I would say if you're not going for the I was food just kidding. and going for the experience to see the princesses then definitely go and have a fun time with your daughter because i mean especially if it's just the two of you and two girls princess oh, hat. that's gonna be so fun exactly you know or go get go get bibbity bobbity <laughs> Oh, you can always tell when they've been boutiqued. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know about carriage rides at Port Orleans. I would suggest going over to Fort Wilderness and doing a carriage ride because you're going to, it's just more, I I think, more fun. You get to see, like, the horses over there and you ride out by the lake, probably. Are they still doing the carriage rides at Port? I, That's, I wasn't only, sure. That's I why I suggested that season at Port, Boy, we don't know Port nothing. Wilderness. We don't know nothing today. Yeah, we're just big old losers. <laughs> I'm bringing my laptop to the next show. But definitely do the other things we suggested, like the birthday button, because you'll get lots of attention. And I think if you're going to be in Epcot, that you should treat yourself to a glass of Rosa Regal. You can get it at the Les Vins des Chefs. It's like right across from the Chefs de France restaurant. They mm-hmm. serve just different kinds of wines. Mm-hmm. It's a pink champagne. I think it's perfect for a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey. She threatened you, to hurt me. <laughs> Corey, you had one. You can go yeah. now, Corey. I think she'll let you. Thank you, Bob. I have one from Cindy from Ontario, Canada. Um, hey, guys, and Julie, love the podcast. You always have a lot of great info and reviews. Um, my question is about the electrical water parade. I just recently learned um, this existed, and I'm interested in seeing it. I'd like to view it from the poly on a night that Magic Kingdom closes at 8 p.m. and wishes is scheduled for 8 p.m. What time should I expect a parade at the Poly? How long is the parade? Is the best spot to view it just on the beach there? Well, I do have a list of the times where um, when it passes certain resorts, it's going to pass in front of the Polynesian around 9 o'clock, um, then over to the Wilderness Lodge at 9.35, the Contemporary at 10.05, and then it will pass in front of the Magic Kingdom at 10.20 p.m., but that's only during the extended Magic Kingdom hours. The electrical water parade, pageant parade, um, it's a classic, but I wouldn't change your schedule up to to go see it. I mean, unless you're really into like classic Disney stuff, and you you know, because this this was, if I'm not mistaken, the electric water parade was going on. It's been around since the 1800s, <laughs> <laughs> since the park opened. I Daniel mean, Daniel Boone used to drive the boat. It's also uh, keep in mind that it's it goes around Seven Seas Lagoon, so it's, thirty or forty times. No, it goes around <laughs> once. I'm not a fan of the water bridge. Can you tell? <laughs> so it's one of those things that you know you can see, like 
like Corey said, it goes past these areas at certain times, but it's not like, okay, it's going to go on at 9 o'clock yeah. here. It's going to be approaching the Polynesian yeah. and going around. One of the best places to see it is actually the monorail. And that goes to back to my piece of advice for the birthday folks. One of the coolest things to do for your birthday is to sit up in front of the monorail. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. Best ride in the park. That's oh, all. yeah. You know, that, that's right. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. That's right. That's and if another you're wearing great... the birthday button, you can get away with it. Yeah, anything. they won't refuse you. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they never refuse you to ride in the front. You may have to wait a little right. while to get but up there. that birthday button could bump you to the head of the line. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just as, as you go up to the monorail attendant, say you want to ride in the front. And you, like I said, you may have to wait for a couple of monorails because there'll be people in front of you that want to do the same thing. But that's a really cool mm-hmm. That's a really cool ride. And I think, if anything, I think we mentioned this in a, a few. Yeah. Bob mentioned this a few shows ago. Um do do it if you're going to ride the front of the monorail. Do it from the transportation and ticket center to Epcot, because you get that cool loop around Spaceship yeah. Earth and, and around Future over. World. It's actually that the ride from the ticket and transportation center to Epcot is the best ride in any of the parks. It's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. It's almost I, one of the fastest too. Right. <laughs> really, it's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, any other emails? I have one. Bob, I have one from Tammy, and I can't pronounce her last name, and she lives in Red Hook, New York. Is she uh, Spanish? I can't. Oh, even. dear Lord. I, even, I would not even try no, to I'm pronounce it. No, I'm just saying. That. He can't speak anything. No, you don't. Spanish. I would not even try. But right. we, we love you, I'll, Tammy. I'll cut out the Spanish part. <laughs> okay. Right. Do you want me to go for it? No. No, no. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, she says, I uh, have to tell you, I laughed out loud multiple times last week during the bit about the Dole Whips. Never has a visual prop gone over so well over the air. Uh, her question is, uh, She's interested to know which hotels you would find worth the splurge, even though you you live close to to home to Disney World. Uh, she's looking for a resort experience that you're willing to go and do. Uh, I have I made a list of several. Uh, one of the things we got to do during the course of time is the around the world tour. So we've stayed at all, all the resorts. Uh, for me, except for Pop Century and Saratoga Springs. So my first place is a tie. It's a, between Beach Club and Wilderness Lodge. I love both of them, the Beach Club. I love the sandy pool bottom and Wilderness Lodge, just the atmosphere and the music going in when you go into the lobby and the pool with the current. I just love that. Mm-hmm. My second choice is Swan and Dolphin, basically because location, location, location. Yeah. And uh, it's got the Mandara Spa. Mandara Spa. Mandara Spa. It's got great pools, uh, easy access to Epcot and MGM, and there's some there's some really nice restaurants in there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, Yacht and Beach Club, with my preference being toward the Beach Club, uh, be, and, and mainly those two resorts because of uh, Storm Along Bay, that pool is unbelievable. Second best pool on property is Swan and Dolphin's pool. I love their pool. And especially the Swan and Dolphin uh, given that they just completed a, a pretty big rehab of that property, they've made it so much more elegant. I think in the la- with this with this most recent update to the property, um, p- place is beautiful. Yeah, place is absolutely beautiful. My choice would be the Wilderness Lodge. Also, I'm with you on that one, Kevin. It's in my opinion, it's the place where you can get lost the most. You stop feeling like you're in Florida. It has a babbling brook. I love that. It's just, yeah. it it transports me to a different place. I feel like I'm in the Pacific Northwest. The one other place I, I love 
I like Fort Wilderness on the cabin. Bob is going to list every resort on Disney property. No, he's not. I'm trying to I like you know, all star music. <laughs> I had all star movies in there. I know it. What I tell you, but only because they have a great food court. But you know, I, I was trying to for different price ranges for people. But uh, Fort Wilderness, if you want to feel like you're out in the woods, but you're yeah, right I never there in feel the middle. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> See, of the values, I, I'm with you. Uh, of the value resorts, all star, all star movies. I, I, I give that one would be my favorite. Right. Of the moderates, um, I, I would go with uh, I would go with Port Orleans uh, Riverside. I do he too. Has that. I have that. Uh, I like the the easy access to downtown Disney and just the atmosphere. I mean, that was one of my first hotels that I went to. Are you telling me Bob and I are on the same wavelength? This yeah. is weird. This is frightening. That's right there. I got all those. No, yes, he They're does. Separated have at birth. So, <laughs> so that, that's that's By a crowbar. That's my. my list. I don't know. Easy. You know that, I don't even know what that means. It's funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People on the treadmill. Corey. Yes, Bob. <laughs> He just throws it over to Corey. Corey's like, what is he talking about? What is he going on? We're still talking about crowbars and separated at birth. Easy. (laughs) Okay, you get wrapped up in that, but what's your favorite? Uh, Definitely uh, the Wilderness Lodge for the Deluxe uh, and the Port Orleans Riverside. It's always been my favorite. Uh, Do you prefer Riverside over French Quarter? Yes. Oh, yeah. The French Quarter theming is a little over the top for me. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Coming from New Orleans, it's saying something. Yeah. And I, my other choice after Wilderness Lodge is going to cause great discussion. I actually like the Contemporary. I know, I know, I know. I knew it was coming. The Contemporary to me is classic Disney. The, oh, you mean the service vacuum? <laughs> the service, the service and style vacuum that just sits right sits right right off the uh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that would be the one. My favorite thing about the Contemporary is going away, so I don't like it. The Outer Rim. The bar. Oh. I don't know. After reading well, the article, I'm, really I'm hoping. sure it's not going away. We all over. have this deer-in-the-headlights look when everybody's like, what? Her favorite thing's going away. Crap, I don't know what that means. We talked about it last week, so. I'm not a fan of, like, the, the monorail uh, hotels. I just, there's something about them I don't like. I think they ought to level the place and start again. Even the Grand Floridian is, uh, I walk in there, it's, like, sterile. It's, uh, it is very, it's very uptight in the, in the, in the Grands. See, I like the poly. I've always liked the poly. Yeah, yeah, you like the poly. I just find I, I just find the price point at the poly just a little ridiculous right now. I think you can get much better accommodations in Orlando for a lot less money. But, mm. but, so that's that's what we're thinking about. Did we beat this one to death yet? I think so. Ba-boom. I think so. Um, thanks, Tammy. Thanks very much, everyone who sent in emails. And I'm sorry if we did not get to your email this week. We are time limited as we are each week, but uh, in next week's show, as we do at the end of every month now, uh, it'll be a two-parter. We will have uh, one show devoted entirely to emails, try and get as many of these covered as we can. And uh, and next week as well, we will be giving away, as I mentioned, the first of our prize giveaways for uh, to those who, to those people whose emails we have read on the show. And of course, everybody whose email we read automatically gets a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. Be expecting an email from me. That's right. Be getting an email from from Julie. Should we make one of those grand prizes, for, uh, the China theme park? You <laughs> win a trip to the China theme park. You get to go to the Hamas Mickey class. <laughs> and then come back and report on it on the podcast. 
And we'll send you a serving of Mickey Milk. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, folks, we are going to wrap it up this week. Remember, we are doing our Universal podcast uh, this week as well, so be sure to go check that out. And from all of us here, we hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.